0: Our story today is about a religious liberty conflict that you've never heard about, and one that could have wrought all kinds of havoc for religious minorities back in the 1920s and 30s. It's the subject of a new documentary, which I had a chance to uh, preview yesterday, called The Wandering Day. And here to talk about The Wandering Day, writer and uh, co-producer Jim Wood, Jim uh, pleasure to have you with us on Freedom's Ring today. Good to be here, Ellen. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the work that you guys have done with this documentary. What is The Wandering Day?
1: The Wandering Day uh, is a, um, a breaking of the weekly cycle that causes your day of worship to float to a different day of the week on the civil calendar every year. This was the result of a calendar reform proposal that included only exactly 52 weeks in every year. And that's a day short of a normal year. And that extra day becomes uh, sort of an orphan day, a null day, that doesn't belong to any month or any week. And what it does is to cause the weekly cycle to shift by one day, every year. Two days, actually, in, in leap years. For example, Alan, the, the year would end on uh, on a Saturday. The following day would normally be a Sunday, but it would not in the new calendar. It would be a blank day, shoving the first day of the next week and the next year ahead by one day. And this throws the Sabbath off. It throws Friday off. throws every day of the week off by one day per year. So it's a wandering day.
0: Wow. So, people who are committed to worshiping on a Sabbath, for example, their calendar would be completely off from the civil calendar.
1: Exactly. Their day of worship would float through the civil calendar, changing from year to year. So, they might have uh, uh, in the second year of the scheme, not the first year of the scheme, it doesn't make much difference, but in the second year of the scheme, you get this one-day bump. So their Saturday then gets shifted by a single day, next year by another day, next year by another day, and so forth. Uh, so it it uh, becomes a, a difficult thing for people who are committed to maintaining their day of worship, uh, worship according to uh, the natural weekly
0: cycle. Well, I know that the Jews have kept a religious calendar for, you know thousands of years, and kept the weekly cycle intact. So you're saying that Sabbath might fall on Saturday one year, Sunday the next year, Monday the next year, Tuesday the next year. How would that affect children going to school or you know, people who have a normal work week?
1: Yeah, their, their whole uh, lifestyle would be shifted out of sync with the, let's say, the, the secular business civil calendar. So if they were employed by somebody that was granting them uh, their Sabbaths off one year, they'd have to get a different day off the next year. Uh, Kids going to school that they're required, as they were in many countries back in those days, required to be in school six days a week, uh, they would not be sent to school by their godly parents uh, on whatever day of the civil calendar was their uh, religious, According to the religious calendar, their Sabbath. So a kid might not go to school on Saturday one year, then it might be a Friday the next year, a Thursday the next year. Uh, this is the effect it would have upon, upon parents sending their kids to school based upon their Sabbath restrictions. And so the parents become subject to uh, fines or imprisonment. Uh, employees become subject to a higher bar that they have to cross in order to get a job and keep a job. It really targets minorities who maintain a a sincere, conscientious, weekly day of, of rest and worship.
0: I can understand from the business standpoint the attractiveness of having every month, every quarter of the year being the exact same number of days. Then you can compare results very easily from period to period. Um, were some of the industrial leaders of the day in support? of this type of calendar reform?
1: Well, this particular uh, reform that we feature in, uh, in the Wandering Day documentary uh, was a calendar that would have 13 months rather than uh, 12. It would have 13 months of exactly four weeks each. This became very popular here in America among uh, uh, some very large corporations. George Eastman of Eastman Kodak was the prime industrialist Uh, moving this whole movement, and he was the chairman of a committee that included such people as Henry Ford, uh, the I think the editor of the Wall Street, of the uh, New York Times, um, the uh, president of Wells Fargo Bank, and many others. In fact, some of these businesses actually had shifted their internal calendars to this 13-month deal because they thought it made such good sense to have every month have exactly the same number of days.
0: So how did the industrial leaders respond to the religious freedom concerns?
1: Well, they felt that the, the peculiarities of a minority, no matter how sincerely held, uh, these should not outweigh the need for progress in the business world and in society in general. And so uh, their view of religious liberty uh, was somewhat constrained.
0: I think you're putting it mildly they didn't care about the impact on religious minorities, did they?
1: They did not care simply because they felt that, that religious people were standing in the way of, of progress. And uh, in, the, in the event that we highlight in The Wandering Day, we have input not from an American, but from a uh, actually from a Swiss delegate uh, who defied religious liberty uh, in a way that you would not be comfortable with, Alan. He suggested that religious liberty is something that belongs in homes and churches, uh, but it should not have an impact in society in general. Not not all that far different from from something we have heard expressed more recently here.
0: You know, Jim, listeners to Freedom's Ring will find that kind of argument very familiar. We've been facing that same approach from the secular left here in America and in other countries of the world as well. A very common theme. So this uh, documentary of 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 a historical battle over religious freedom and calendar reform is actually quite timely and relevant to the concerns that we're facing today. Well, I don't think that um, I'm giving anything away since uh, we obviously... Uh, We know that the calendar was not changed. We still have the same uh, mixed-up calendar of days, 28 days, 30 days, 31 days, etc. What made the difference? How was this defeated?
1: Of course, we think that uh, there was a divine hand uh, involved in this. Uh, There were representatives uh, to the League of Nations, to the commission studying this, representatives particularly from the Adventist denomination as well as from uh, the the Jewish side, uh, these allied together uh, just put up a a very, very strong defense, uh, or I shouldn't say, I guess, a very strong offense against the the calendar reform uh, proponents. Uh, And uh, without giving too much of the story away, uh, we can simply say this, that, that when it seemed like the tide was running against uh, these minorities uh, by a, a very fortuitous uh, movement of events that we could not have predicted. Uh, the 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 battle shifted, and uh, it's it's an amazing story. Uh, it it highlights some uh, key characters in the in the Adventist denomination that were able, finally in the end, to step forward. Uh, and again, I think it was clear, clearly by a divine hand. As I say, uh, things were running against us, as it were, against the minorities, and it was truly a last minute, uh, a last minute shift that that uh, saved the day.
0: So, Jim, surely we don't we don't want to give away the story, but we do want to whet the listener's appetite. Um, why don't you tell us plans for the documentary, and perhaps uh, is there a way that listeners can uh, contact someone and get a showing of the documentary in their communities, in their churches?
1: yeah you can um, you can take a look at the description of the uh, of the documentary, which is found at our LLT productions website, which is Llt. Productions.org. LLT Productions, of course, all one word. Uh, There's a good description. Uh, The the DVDs, as it is announced there, will be released uh, on uh, September 15. Uh, It will also be available streaming. uh, And all the information for that you can find uh, by going to LLTProductions.org.
0: And is it is it part of the plan to have screenings um, around the country in uh, in churches or in communities,
1: that is that is certainly a possibility. We you have to understand that it's only uh, two or three days ago that we got our final uh, uh, program. So uh, all of those plans have been kind of held off, barring any uh, uh, un, untoward delay in production. But production is complete. Uh, we, we have the final lock. Music is in. Uh, Everything is ready, so now we can begin uh, to move toward uh, a more serious promotion. And we we certainly are open, Alan, to to public events as well as to people purchasing the
0: DVD for their own use. Well, I, I will say to our listeners, while the production is done very simply, it's a very powerful story. You won't want to miss it, and it's a story that deserves to get... Uh, wide distribution and and wide viewing. So if you didn't write down uh, the web address, uh, you can always go to Freedom's Rings website at churchstate.org. We'll have the program listing, we'll have the web address there on our website as well. What made you guys interested in producing this particular documentary, Jim?
1: Now, we have been doing research for years on the history of the calendar itself, um, and uh, had hoped at one point that we would be able to, to do kind of a major, even a, a two or three-part series on this, because the calendar is a fascinating thing. However, when we began to look at the reality of production costs and so forth, um, we decided to focus down upon this one little, you know, snapshot of the calendar story. Um, and that was, that was practical to do with uh, the funding that became available, and that's why we did it. You know, all of these things, Alan, are driven by money. If you have enough money, you can do a lot more. Uh, we had to take a snapshot rather than a whole long movie uh, to, to make this point.
0: That's all well and good, Jim, but I know you a little bit. I've known you for many years and the folks that uh, are part of your team. And I know that there's another um, ulterior motive which is simply uh, your love for God and um, the desire to, uh, to see God's providence at work and especially his commitment to religious freedom, to liberty of conscience. And this was, this was a very profound liberty of conscience battle and a story that hasn't been told. And that's what you guys do so well, is tell those stories that need to be told. This is a story uh, that deserves not only to be told, but to be heard. So we appreciate all the fine work uh, that you and everyone has done. Our guest today, writer-producer Jim Wood. We've been discussing a new documentary called The Wandering Day. Jim, thanks so much for being with us on Freedom's Ring today.
1: My pleasure, Alan.
0: As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring... We don't just talk about religious freedom. We offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. You can check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reiner. Until next week, let freedom ring.